What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian MMA Podcast. I am your host, and my name is John, and this week we are back with episode 91, where we will be analyzing and predicting the UFC on ESPN Plus 25 card going down this Saturday night, headlined by Jan Blahovich versus Corey Anderson. This fight card will take place in Rio Rancho, New Mexico, and the first of the 13 fights will start at 5 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN Plus, and... The main card will also take place on ESPN Plus starting at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. So we got 13 fights going down from Rio Rancho, New Mexico this Saturday on ESPN Plus. Uh, it's, a, it's a decent card. Not too many betting spots I'm looking uh, I'm looking forward to. I'd say about three or four plays I'm pretty confident in. But we're going to start things off in the flyweight division. We have Mark De La Rosa, who is 11-3, taking on Julian Paiva, who is 18-3. The opening betting line for this one was Paiva, the favorite, at minus 125 to Mark De La Rosa, the minus 105 slight underdog. Right now, we are seeing Paiva minus 235, De La Rosa plus 195. So a ton of action coming in on Paiva in this one. And I agree with the initial line move. And I think where the line is at right now is actually a bit too high. I think we're we're approaching dog or pass uh, territory in this one because uh, I, I think Paiva is the better fighter. He, he seems to have the more effective damaging boxing. And he seems to have a really good... Uh, ground game as well but mark De La, it's mostly a mark de la rosa fade i believe i think that de la rosa is one of the weaker flyweights in the division and people know that and they're kind of just uh betting a solid fighter and paiva against him and i was pretty high on paiva in, in in his fight uh on versus kakar france Despite him losing that decision, I thought he won the fight, and I thought he looked very good in it. His takedown defense was on point, and his striking looked good too. But then versus Bontarin last fight, he got taken down a few times, and his takedown defense didn't look quite as good, and then he eventually got stopped with a TKO cut stoppage from a knee. So I think that Paiva's defense looked a little bit bad in that fight. He was kind of pulling his head back in a straight line, and Bontarin is a much more dangerous opponent than uh, Mark De La Rosa, but I just think that Paiva hasn't really shown enough in the UFC to be minus 235 here over De La Rosa. De La Rosa is constantly improving. I thought his boxing looked a lot better in his fight versus Kaikara France, and he's a black belt on the ground and has most of his wins by submission, so... It's a good matchup for Paiva because I think De La Rosa would really need some takedowns and some top position to win this fight. And Paiva's anti-grappling, his takedown defense, his get-ups are really good. That's really his specialty. So that's why it's a good matchup for Paiva. But I'm not entirely convinced that Paiva is going to be clearly winning these exchanges if the fight stays on the feet. Because his defense is a little bit unreliable and we haven't seen him put together a complete performance in the UFC yet. So uh, I think Paiva should win this one by decision. I'd cap him around 60, 63% maybe. Uh, I'd say that the value right now though is on Mark De La Rosa. So the pick is Paiva by decision, but I would approach this one with caution. The next fight is... In the women's bantamweight division, we have Macy Chasson, who is five and one, taking on Shayna Young, who is seven and two. The opening betting line for this one was Chasson, the minus three sixty-five favorite to Young, plus three hundred. Right now, we are seeing Chasson minus eight hundred to Young, plus five fifty. So, a ton of action coming in on Chasson as the favorite, 
and I agree with it. I mean, I think that people are, are taking it a little out of proportion right now, putting her all the way down at minus 800, but I'm sure people are throwing her in parlays and stuff, but I mean, after Chiasin's last fight, how can you really trust her as a big favorite at all? I mean, Shana Young is not UFC level. She was brought in as a very late notice replacement for Nico Montano, and I honestly probably would have picked Montano in that fight. Uh, and Young is coming in here, um, and she's just doesn't look UFC level at all. Her striking is really, really sloppy. She's got no defense. Her, her balance isn't good. She gets taken down easily. She has been dominated on the mat, tapped out with rear naked chokes before. And, um, you know, she did have one good performance versus Suotama. She got taken down, dominated in round one and then was able to or got her back taken flattened out almost got submitted but was able to survive to round two start stuff and takedowns in round two and then start out striking uh suotama in rounds two and three and won that fight uh dominantly so she definitely has a little bit of heart in her uh i just don't think that it'll it'll show here against chasen i think that chasen should be looking to hit takedowns and uh dominate from top position but as we learned in that fight versus landsberg chasen is not a good grappler i mean her takedowns are pretty weak landsberg easily stuffed them and was able to take uh chasen down herself so i think chasen is very overrated uh, she did have some nice fi quick finishes like over mazani and stuff like that and uh got a finish over moras too but i mean she's shown her uh, her fair share of weaknesses and i don't think she should be minus 800 here i mean i think minus 400 where the line opened is about even and even though there's not that much of a difference maybe seven or eight percent between the two lines uh, i think that um it's definitely dog or pass where it's at now chasen is not even worth putting in parlays it's not worth throwing prop bets on her or anything i mean i think that uh chasen dominates and does get the finish but this is a really low level fight and you got to approach it with a lot of caution the next fight takes place in the Bantamweight division. We got Casey Kenny, who is 13-1-1, taking on Marab Davalashvili, who is 9-4. The opening betting line for this one was Marab, the favorite at, actually Kenny, the slight favorite at minus 125 to Marab at minus 105. Since then, the line has flipped. We are now seeing Marab minus 160 to Kenny plus 140. So at one point, Marab was all the way down to minus 200, 230 at one point, and the past couple of days, a lot of action has been coming in on Casey Kenny, and I understand why it's coming in on Kenny because it's. I think it's on paper, it's a good matchup for him. Devalish really attempts a ton of takedowns and likely needs takedowns to win his fights, and Kenny has had some pretty good performances, uh, stuffing takedowns and um, out grappling the bigger guy possibly uh, in in Borg and in Manny Bermudez. So. I mean, Kenny, Casey Kenny's takedown defense and his get-ups and his jiu-jitsu look really good in those two fights, but, I mean, he still got taken down by Borg four or five times. He got um, dominated in round three uh, by Bermudez, got stuck on bottom and couldn't get up. So, I mean, it's not... Kenny hasn't had a dominant performance to his UFC run yet. He did win two close decisions, 29-28. Um, and, you know, a lot of me, I was really high on him in that last fight versus Bermudez, one of my biggest bets ever cashed on Kenny. And uh, a lot of people I know uh, were betting on him too here. But I think I'm, I'm, I'm jumping ship on this one. I'm picking Davalashvili in this one because uh, on the feet, it should be pretty even. It should be 
uh, in the terms of technique, very even between these two. But Davalashvili is just going to be marching forward. He's got the better pressure and the better output of the two. And Davalashvili is going to be attempting those takedowns. He does it in every fight. He's got relentless wrestling, relentless pressure. He usually hits several takedowns on his opponents. And uh, I think that... Uh, I mean, his last performance against Brad Katona was really good. He was getting takedowns and outstriking Katona as well. Uh, he has that good performance over Simone where he didn't get the official victory, but he, he outgrappled a really tough grappler. And uh, I un unfortunately think that Casey Kenny does lose this fight 29-28. It's going to be a close fight. And, uh, you know, maybe Kenny uh, is able to stuff those takedowns and land the harder strikes in the feet and beat Davalashvili in the striking. But in terms of the grappling, uh, I think that Davalashvili will win those exchanges. The takedowns will probably sway the rounds, and he likely wins this decision. Um, so I'm going to be picking Marab in this one. And uh, in terms of the betting window, I'd say that it's probably, um, I don't know about favorite or pass right now. I'm, I'm just passing on this fight in general. I'm a big fan of both of these guys, so I'll probably just sit back and enjoy the fight. And I understand that late action coming in on Kenny, though, because it, the performances that he has had lately uh, do warrant him be, getting bet down at that plus 180 and 190 price that he was at earlier in the week. So it's an accurate line in this one, and I'm picking uh, Dvalashvili. The next fight takes place in the light heavyweight division. We have Devin Clark, who is 10 and 4, taking on Daquan Townsend, who is 21 and 10. The opening betting line for this one was Clark, the favorite, at minus 230, Townsend plus 170. Right now, we are seeing Clark minus 380, Townsend plus 315. So, if you were to ask me to predict who the first fighter to fight more than once in 2020 in the UFC was Daquan Townsend would be at the bottom of my list I honestly would expect him to get cut after that last fight but uh, he's, he's stepping up here on short notice up a weight class again his last fight was at uh, 85 he's going back to 205 here and unfortunately he's probably going to lose this fight I, I don't really see what he has to offer Devin Clark uh, I mean Clark is the better fighter uh, everywhere I believe I mean it's more a more case of Townsend just being ineffective I mean his striking and everything just isn't really good enough to to win in the UFC um so maybe he makes me look like a fool here and he catches Clark with some crazy finish in the feet but I mean Clark it, it, he does have some wild fights I mean he does tend to get wild and brawl a little bit on the feet but I mean he can hit takedowns he's got a good uh, wrestling game good top game and he he can fight the full three rounds he can win fights in the clinch like he did versus Mike Rodriguez and I mean his cardio is a bit of a concern he has you know shown a bit of a, a gassing problem in, in the past I mean uh, even in the Stosic fight, he uh, he lost the first two rounds in that fight and came back in one round three. So that was a good showing for his uh, for his output in that one, or I mean for his cardio in that one. But his output just wasn't there in those first two rounds. So. I mean, I do think that Devin Clark trusting him at this high of a price is a bit of a risky thing to do. I mean, I'm not betting this fight at all. Uh, probably wouldn't even advise putting Clark in parlays at this point. But I do think that he should do dominate Townsend. It's more of a, a fade of Townsend. Like I said, I just haven't seen anything effective from Townsend to think that he can win a fight in the UFC, let alone against a, a pretty decent opponent in Devin Clark. So... Uh, the Clark's better everywhere the fight goes. He should hit takedowns and dominate from top position. That's definitely where Townsend's biggest weakness is. And uh, I don't think uh, Clark gets a finish in this one. And he'll probably he'll probably just coast to a nice decision victory. So the pick is Clark by decision. The next fight takes place in the lightweight division. We got Scott Holtzman, who is 13 and three, taking on Jim Miller, who is 31 and 13. 
the opening betting line for this one was Miller, the slight favorite at minus 125 to Holtzman minus 105. Right now, the line has flipped. We are seeing Holtzman minus 150, Miller plus 130. So more action coming in on Scott Holtzman. He actually opened up as a slight underdog in this one, which is pretty crazy to me, honestly. I, I actually like Holtzman quite a bit in this fight, and I, I'm playing him for two units at minus 135. Locked in that bet, I believe, two days ago, possibly even yesterday. But I just think that this is a, a good matchup for Holtzman. I mean, Miller is, is a veteran. He's been around the game for over a decade, and he's actually picked up some nice w wins, some first-round finishes in his most recent fights. But like over Alex White, Jane, uh, Jason Gonzalez and Clay Guida. I mean, three first-round finishes in the past like 18 months alone. So, uh, good performances from the, him there. He's still a dangerous submission threat. He can even crack a little bit on the feet, but uh, and and the, his defense on the feet, I think, is deteriorating a little bit. I mean, he got a rock with a shot from Clay Guida last fight. Luckily, he ro rocked Guida right back and then uh, jumped on that guillotine and choked him out cold. So it was a great performance from Miller, but it was a bit of a, a wild little 45-second fight. I mean, he easily could have gotten slept himself that fight so i just think holtzman is is really improving uh fight to fight i mean he he dominated uh dung hyung ma in his last fight even though he got caught with a few punches in round two of that fight um and you look at his last loss versus nick lens i mean lens was relentless with the takedowns he attempted like 15 20 takedowns in that fight holtzman was defending some getting back up to his feet from some but eventually was just out grinded against the cage in that fight but miller just doesn't have that type of grappling he's not the type of guy to hit a multiple a shoot 10 takedowns a fight i mean he can blast a, a double leg and he hit, can hit some takedowns from time to time but he's not one to use it as a game plan where he can i don't see miller taking holtzman down over and over and over again and on the feet in this one, I just think Holtzman is, is get the quicker striker at this point in their careers. Miller's defensive issues are definitely a concern. And I think that Holtzman's boxing and his striking overall is just re really honing in and he's getting better uh, a lot. And you can see that in his fight. So I, I think Holtzman is the, the, the much more physical fighter at this point in his career. I think he's got a lot left in his career and he's really in his prime now while Miller's on the outs, outs of his prime now. Uh, I do like the, the the term the fight in terms of matchup as well. Uh, besides just their physicalities at this point, uh, I think Holtzman will outstrike him on the feet. I think the Holtzman can avoid getting taken down. Uh, the only really chance I see Holtzman losing this fight is getting taken down and again a back take or something like that. Miller can submit Holtzman, but I think that uh, Holtzman avoids that submission, avoids the takedown, outstrikes Miller on the feet, and wins the decision here. Uh, so the pick is going to be Holtzman. The next fight takes place in the Bantamweight division. We have John Dodson, who is 20 and 11, taking on Nathaniel Wood, who is 16 and 3. The opening betting line for this one was Wood, the favorite, at minus 172, Dodson plus 140. Right now, we are seeing Wood minus 155 to Dodson plus 135. So line margins tighten up in this one. Two-way action coming in on this fight. And I agree with a little bit more of the action coming in on Dodson in this one. Initially, I thought that this would be a good fight for Wood. Um, he's the much younger fighter in, his, uh, in their careers. He's got the, a little bit of hype behind him. But neither of these guys have actually fought in a long time. 11 months for Wood and a whole year for Dodson. And if you look at Dodson's past few opponents, man, they're, they are elite-level competition. I mean, Marais and Jan and Rivera... Uh, 
Wood loses to all those guys, you know, and Dodson still looked very competent in those fights. He gave those guys tough fights. He's still very fast on the feet. He's got good boxing fundamentals. He's hard to take down. And I just think this is a very tough matchup for Nathaniel Wood because on the feet, Dodson is just hard to deal with. I mean, it took some really experienced boxers like uh, Peter Yan and like Jimmy Rivera to uh, outbox Dodson on the feet because his speed and his movement is just so hard to, to hit him. And then his takedown defense is really good. I mean, career flyweight and bantamweight, some really hard, tough divisions with a lot of great grapplers, and he's got a career takedown defense of like 80, 82%. So John Dodson's takedown defense is good, and, and it should hold up in this fight. And Wood tends to need... Uh, takedowns and top control to win his fights. I mean, he usually wins his fights by out grappling guys, and I think that there's no question that Dodson has fought to better competition. That Wood really hasn't been tested by too legit of an opponent in the UFC yet. I mean, he has beat some decent guys like Yule and Quinones, and but I think that Dodson will be a, a whole nother testing moment. And this is a huge step down in competition for John Dodson, and I think this is a very winnable fight for him. So. I think that in terms of a betting on this fight, I think that the value is on Dodson at this point. He is sometimes a frustrating fighter to watch because and to bet on because his his vol, volume and his output just isn't what it needs to be sometimes. Sometimes he'll be in a fight, it'll be really close, and he's just not throwing enough to, to edge those rounds and to win the scorecards. So you always got to be concerned about that, but I would feel much better betting Dodson as a dog than I would laying that chalk on uh, Wood as a favorite. So I think that... Uh, I'm going to go with Wood to slightly edge a decision in this one, 29-28, because I think that the the physicality of him and the, his youth will, will, I don't know, maybe find him a way to win this fight. It sounds kind of like a stupid prediction, but, I mean, these are going to be close rounds, and Wood is, might be the aggressor in these rounds and be able to uh, edge those rounds. And, and Dodson is a former or, or a lifetime New Mexico uh, resident. This fight is in New Mexico. The scorecards could be all over the place in this one. So I'm going to slightly lean with Wood to win a 29-28, but I'm, I'm definitely advising not to bet Wood as a favorite in this one. I don't really see too many circumstances where he looks like minus 160 in this one uh, unless he maybe catches Dodson off balance and starts hitting takedowns and is able to outgrapple him. So I think Wood uh, starts to see, uh, we start to see Wood look a little human in, in this fight and he starts to look like not too hot of a prospect anymore and we're going to realize that John Dodson still has a lot of skills left in the tank so uh, Wood's the official pick but it's dogger pass the next fight is the last prelim in the welterweight division we got Tim Means who is 29-11-1 taking on Daniel Rodriguez who is 10-1 the opening betting line for this one it was Means the favorite at minus 192 Rodriguez plus 150 Right now, we are seeing Means minus 282, Rodriguez plus 240. So more action coming in on the favorite Means. I understand the line movement. It, you got a established UFC veteran who had a full training camp coming in, uh, taking on a newcomer who's coming in on short notice. And, I mean, right off the bat, I mean, Daniel Rodriguez looks pretty sloppy. I mean, from the fights I saw him on tape, his, his boxing looks sloppy. I mean, his defense looked pretty non-existent. He, he got taken down. Um, I mean, he, he, he did pick up some wins. He has submission wins on his victory on his record. And 
he's not hopeless you know he he's he can win this fight i mean i i counted uh um chaos williams out last week versus morono this very very similar scenario morono seemed like the better well-rounded fighter he had the better he had the more ufc experience he had a full training camp i thought williams was coming in and he was going to be outgunned he was way too sloppy he wasn't ufc level and then all of a sudden chaos williams knocks morono out in round one so you got to really approach these fights with caution, these low-level fights, because uh, Rodriguez is finishing guys. He, he is picking up some decent victories over in Combates, and uh, he even has a win on the Contender Series as well. So uh, he, he can win this fight, honestly. And with the way Means fights, it's very real possibility. Means likes to brawl. He likes to get hit a little bit. I mean, those he's had back-to-back round one brawls where he got hurt. He hurt his opponents. Uh, he got knocked out by Price, and then he knocked out Alves in his last fight. But, I mean, if you're getting stuck done by Thiago Alves in 2019 I mean your defense and your chin is not the best so I think Means wins this fight I think he's the better striker the better grappler he's got the better technique all over the place and it's but it's gonna I think it's gonna be a crazy brawl I mean I think Means is gonna be trying to uh, get him out of there early with his boxing and it could potentially turn into a slugfest where Means could get knocked out so in the betting window it's dog or pass I think that means it's not even worth a parlay piece at this point um not rushing to bet rodriguez at plus 240 but maybe rodriguez round one rodriguez knockout or something like that um so the pick is going to be means by knockout but uh in terms of the betting window we're going to go with dogger pass the next fight is the first fight on the main card in the lightweight division we have yancey medeiros who is 15 and 6 taking in taking on lando venata who is 10 4 and 2 the opening betting line for this one is Medeiros minus 170, Venata plus 140. Right now, the line has flipped. Venata, the favorite, minus 120, Medeiros plus 100. So crazy action in this one, honestly. A massive amount of action coming in on uh, Lando Venata. And I'm going to disagree with the line movement. I think that uh, Medeiros being the favorite in this one, around minus 150, minus 130 seems right. Venata as a slight dog, plus 110, 130 in that range seems appropriate because, I mean, Venata has a ton of, it, of issues. I mean, both of these guys do. They both have pretty glaring weaknesses. Venata is his cardio. It just seems like he never can get his cardio on point. And Medeiros' defense is, is really bad. He pulls his head back in a straight line. He gets rocked in almost every fight. I mean, he got outboxed and knocked out by Cowboy Cerrone. And, uh, I mean, that was just a really bad performance from him in that fight. Uh, he got counter-punched by Cerrone, who's not really a good boxer, and then and knocked out cold, too. So, uh, he did have a, a decent performance since then where he, he looked okay versus Gregor Gillespie. He stuffed some takedowns. He was hard to take down, but eventually got taken down and mauled on the canvas for the second-round TKO in that one. But a much different matchup in this one. I mean, the way these two match up, I mean, I think they're going to brawl. They both like brawling. They both have had some crazy, fun fights in the UFC over their careers. And Medeiros has got that defense you got to be worried about. I mean, Venado doesn't really have the type of power to, to crack Medeiros and rock him and knock him out. And Medeiros doesn't really have the type of pace to, to get Venado tired. So, I mean, even though these guys both have weaknesses, it's not like they have the tailor-made style to exploit those weaknesses. So, I think it'll be a brawl. It'll be crazy back and forth. Uh, I think that um, Venado might try hitting takedowns. Medeiros will probably DM up. We'll, we might see both guys hitting takedowns because both guys have... Uh, 
problems maybe getting put on their back at some points, but I think Medeiros' takedowns defense is the way better of the two. I mean, Venato was getting taken down by Mark Casey last fight because he was so tired. So and early in the fight, I think you got to favor Venata because Medeiros is going to be, uh, you know, getting used to the fight, getting tagged with some punches, and you know, getting settled into the fight uh, to, off that you know uh, one year, thirteen month layoff, and. I think that Venata will will probably start to fade late as he always does. So you got to favor Venata early. You got to favor Medeiros late. I think it's a, a pass in terms of the pre-fight, and then maybe look to live bet this one. Like if Venata comes out and wins round one, and Medeiros is an underdog after round one, like you got to bet Medeiros there. But I just don't see enough value on either pre-fight money line to be betting this one. I think it'll be a crazy high variance fight. I gotta side with Medeiros though because the car I gotta side with the cardio basically. I mean, I just think he'll be there in round three. If this fight is one-one, a piece going into round three, uh, Medeiros is gonna have the better cardio, and I gotta favor him in that third round. So the pick is gonna be Medeiros by decision, but it should be a crazy sloppy fight. We could see either guy knocked out at any time. And uh, it's probably a pass in the terms of the betting window. The next fight takes place in the lightweight division. We have Brock Weaver, who is 14 and 4, taking on Rodrigo Vargas, who is 11 and 3. The opening betting line for this one was Weaver, the favorite, at minus 192, Vargas plus 150. Right now, we are seeing Weaver minus 265 to Vargas plus 225. So much more action coming in on the favorite. Weaver in this one, and I, I agree with it. I, I think that he should win this fight pretty comfortably. I just don't really see anything that Vargas has to offer um, Weaver. Maybe if if Vargas doesn't attempt any takedowns and just keeps this fight a straight kickboxing match, he could make it competitive, and he could make it closer than what the odds indicate because I think Weaver has the more effective striking of the two. He's got some pretty decent southpaw boxing and... I think that, I mean, Vargas just really hasn't shown much in his career. I mean, he has some quick knockouts, a uh, decent left head kick, and uh, seems like a, a decent understanding of, of striking fundamentals, and is a, a southpaw as well, and it might be hard to deal with that, but I just, I mean, that fight versus Leco da Silva, I mean, he got absolutely mopped in that fight. I mean, 15 minutes of domination, got taken down held down for 14 minutes straight in that fight i mean it was just an embarrassing performance from him uh showed no takedown defense no ability to get off his back and i mean he he has shown his some abilities to hit his own takedowns and and get top position as well i i just don't really rate vargas that highly at all and it's not like weaver is an incredible talent as well i just think he is the much better fighter on the contender series, Weaver showed some pretty decent takedown defense, got taken down a few times in the first 30 seconds versus Smith, but then just spent the entire rest of the fight just defending takedowns, landing good clinch shots, landing punches on the break, and just outstriking Smith uh, pretty clearly. So it seems like he has good cardio. His takedown defense is pretty good as well, and I think that on the feet, Weaver should be uh, edging the striking in this one, although it, it could be a lot closer than I think. Uh, I just think that Vargas's fight IQ and his overall um, skill set is just not very good and I'm, I'm mostly siding with Weaver just in the fact that um, kind of Faden Vargas don't really think uh, too highly of him 
But, I mean, he could come in here and make this fight closer than it has to be if the fight stays on the feet and they're, they're trading back and forth on the feet. So, uh, I see Weaver winning a decision in this one. Haven't seen too much finishing ability out of him. And I think that uh, most of his finishing ability comes on the ground. And I don't think that he'll be able to, to out-grapple um, or uh, get a submission on, on Vargas for that matter. Because Leco da Silva wasn't able to get into too many advantageous positions. He got a back take or two, but Vargas defended well. So I think Vargas's jiu-jitsu is good enough to defend from a submission. But he probably gets outstruck on the feet in this one. Maybe even taken down and just grinded out from top position. So I'm, I'm picking Weaver by 30-27 in this one. But... In terms of the betting window, I, I guess it, it's Dogger Pass at this point. I mean, Weaver making his UFC debut as a mi almost minus 300 favorite. Uh, that's that's an that's a very risky bet. So uh, it's probably Dogger Pass. The next fight takes place in the flyweight division. We have Ray Borg, who is 12 and four, taking on Hogerio Bontarin, who is 16 and one. The opening betting line for this one is. Borg minus 145 to Bontarin plus 115. Right now we are seeing Borg minus 150, Bontarin plus 130. So more action coming in on Ray Borg in this one. Actually, the line flipped early. Some early action came in on uh, Bontarin, but ever since then the steady action has been coming in on Ray Borg. And I, I think this fight is, is honestly a pick em. I, I think the odds are a little closer than they indicate now. I think that... Uh, Ray Borg is is kind of a, a rudimentary fighter. I mean, he he doesn't like striking. He stands on the outside. He gets punched once, and then he shoots his takedowns. He does it in every single fight. He has no intention of striking with you. He just waits, gets hit once or twice, and then starts wrestling. And you know that's what he wants to do. He wants to wrestle. He wins all of his fights by wrestling. Uh, he does have great takedowns. He can go for the full uh, th 15 minutes. He can get top position. But there are some major uh, if factors around Borg, and the thing is, is his top position isn't that great. Sometimes he gets those takedowns, but he can't turn him into top position, and then that's how he lost the fight against Casey Kenny, is because he was expending all this energy to get Kenny down over and over again with these big slams, but Kenny just bounced right back up to his feet and, and kept the fight in the clinch, so... Uh, and then that fight with uh, Silva, last fight uh, with Borg, I mean, he, he lost round one of that fight, uh, and then was getting out grappled a little bit, got his back taken, was able to escape, get his own back take, and then start in round two and three though. I mean, Silva gassed out pretty hard, ended up getting takedowns over and over again, and he dominated Silva for rounds two of that, two and three of that fight. But I mean, round one was shaky, man. I mean, he he was in some bad spots versus Silva. Uh, his takedowns were pr really predictable. I mean, I just think that. Bontarin's takedown defense and his get-ups and his scrambles that he showed versus Bibilatov are, are enough for me to, to pick him to win this fight, honestly. Another huge factor in this fight is Borg dropping down to 125 pounds again. He has notoriously struggled with, with dropping the weight. He's missed weight at flyweight before. They forced him to go up to bantamweight. He missed weight at bantamweight before. I think for his last fight, he missed weight weighing in at 137 pounds. So, I mean, I don't understand how... You can, you can expect Borg to be making weight at 126 pounds when he couldn't even make 136 pounds a couple months ago. 
So that being said, despite uh, me being excited for this fight, and I think it's a great matchup, should be probably the most fun fight on the card, it is at high ri risk of being uh, canceled because I don't think Ray Borg will make the weight. I mean, who knows? Uh, maybe Bontron will miss too, and, and the fight will go go down at like 130 pounds or something like that. But, I mean, maybe I'm putting, too, putting a little too much stock into this, but, I mean, Ray Borg having another attempt to drop back down to flyweight, I mean, I think it's because he, he struck he, – he struggled with Kenny. He struggled with Silva. He was the better grappler than those two, but he had some iffy moments in those fights because they were the bigger guys. So he's dropping back down to his natural weight class to fight Bontran. And in the striking of this one, Bontran's winning. Every exchange will probably go to Bontran. He's just a more effective striker. He's more aggressive. He throws in more power, a better technique. And like I was saying earlier, Borg just has no interest in striking. It's clear that he does not want to strike. He wants to, to wrestle. So, I mean, Bontran knows what's coming for him. He knows Borg's game plan. He has the, the style and the defense, the jiu-jitsu off his back to to get up off these uh, takedowns, to stuff the takedowns on the feet, and to bust Borg up on the feet. So, I'm siding with Bontran to win this one. I do think he gets taken down a few times. Honestly, like three, four, maybe even five times. But I think Bontran bounces back up to his feet. He attacks submissions off his back. He stuffs takedowns with, you know, Kimuras and underhooks and everything like that. I really am impressed with Bontran's takedown defense. And it showed versus Bibulatov. I mean, he was doing some crazy shit versus Bibulatov. A lifetime uh, Dagestani grappler. And Bontran was putting him, him in some bad spots. So uh, I'm siding with Bontran in this one. I'm going to go with 29-28. It should be a really close fight and uh, i like that plus money next to bontran's name so i will be betting him i actually bet him as a favorite a few weeks ago really fucked up their prices in that one so i guess i gotta add more at that plus money so we'll probably end up with about two units on bontran for around plus 110 odds on average uh, and i will update that on my bet mma tips page and uh, the pick is going to be uh bontran by decision the next fight takes place in the women's flyweight division. We have Montana De La Rosa, who is 10-5, taking on Mara Romero Barella, who is 12-6. The opening betting line for this one was De La Rosa, the favorite, at minus 215 to Barella, plus 175. Since then, line margins tighten up a little bit. We see De La Rosa, minus 170, Barella, plus 150. So... I agree with the line movement coming in on Barella. I think this fight is a little closer than the odds indicate. I think that De La Rosa is the the more effective fighter. I think she's the more effective striker. She throws jabs and, and lands them a lot. I, I mean, it's like De La Rosa has a few weapons on the feet, but those weapons work. Well, meanwhile, Barella has a lot of weapons on the feet, but nothing really works too well. I mean, her, her leg kick might be her best strike. So, uh, I mean, on the feet in this one, I got to side with De La Rosa to be edging the striking exchanges, but it, it's not a definite at all. I mean, De La Rosa is a grappler at heart, and... You really can't rely on her winning the striking exchanges in this one. I think the, the exchanges would be close. And, I mean, Barella is mostly a grappler as well, although she has been taken down and uh, outgrappled by a few of her opponents, like specifically uh, Talia Santos. She got a lucky decision over Santos in that fight, but I believe that she lost that fight. And uh, De La Rosa has, has gotten outgrappled too. I mean, like uh, Andrew Lee uh, was able to uh, get top position on her. I mean, De La Rosa hit a lot of takedowns on Lee in that one. And uh, Nico Montano out, outgrappled De La Rosa as well. So um, De La Rosa is a good grappler, but you know, not a great one by any means. And 
I, I do think she will slightly win the striking, slightly win the grappling, will be the more uh, effective striker winning the or effective fighter winning the rounds in this one. Not too much analysis in this one. I just think the the odds are a bit wide in this one. I think that De La Rosa wins the fight via decision, but I would cap her at around minus 150, around 60% odds because it's low-level MMA. The The judges' scorecards could, could go anywhere. I mean, as we saw last week, there were some crazy scorecards in there. So uh, the pick is going to be De La Rosa to win by decision. Not a confident pick at all, and it's dog or pass in terms of the betting window. The next fight is the co-main event of the evening in the welterweight division. We have Diego Sanchez, who is 29-12, taking on Michelle Pereira, who is 23-10. The opening betting line for this one was Pereira, the favorite, at minus 165 to Diego Sanchez, plus 135. Right now, the line's just about the same. We're seeing Pereira, minus 160 to Sanchez, plus 140. So, two-way action coming in on this fight i actually think that this line could honestly be flipped i think that sanchez could be the favorite in this one i mean it's Pereira round one knockout or bust in my opinion i mean he gassed out so bad in that last fight versus Connolly. he just has a style that is destined to gas out he likes chasing the early finish he likes doing acrobatic crazy moves in the octagon backflips moonsaults jumping off the cage and shit like that he's very unorthodox but it's very ineffective honestly too i mean the flying knee is an effective strike he does have some some uh throw some hard punches from time to time like he rocked Andy roberts with the right hand um so he, he's not totally helpless besides that flashy offense he does have some decent fundamentals he actually hit some takedowns on tristan Connolly too so he is a slightly well-rounded fighter i just think he just fights really dumb and, I mean, unless he makes some real stylistic changes to his approach to this fight, I think he loses because I think that Sanchez can avoid that knockout early. He, he's going to be chasing that takedown. And once Sanchez gets him on the ground, I mean, that should be a wrap. I mean, Pereira will not only break, break mentally uh, but physically too. I mean, he just doesn't have the cardio. He doesn't have great grappling. He got totally outgrappled by the smaller guy in Tristan Connolly. He actually was able to escape some positions uh, versus Connolly just by being the big, bigger guy, just by powering his way out of there. But you're not going to do that against Sanchez. I mean, Sanchez is a much better grappler than, than Connolly and will likely be hitting takedowns, dominating from top position. And, I mean, Sanchez has shown what you want to see. He fought Mickey Gall and he fought um, whatever that other guy's, uh, Craig, Craig, something like that. Um before that and he he took down both of them and he dominated both of them from top position and those were two bigger guys craig white's the guy's name two bigger guys who were trying to outstrike him on the feet and he was able to um avoid getting knocked out he was able to take him down and dominate him on the mat so that's what he has to do here versus Pereira. i think a very safe way to play this fight is michelle Pereira by round one knockout at plus 210 and diego sanchez money line at plus 148 that, those are the two bets that i locked in that way if uh Pereira wins by a first round knockout i win a small amount if uh Diego Sanchez wins at all, I win a, a medium to large amount. So it's a profit-profit situation. The only t time I lose is if Pereira wins by outside of the first round. And I don't think he has the cardio to do that. I don't think he has the style to do that. Maybe I get fucked by some 
round two knockout, early round two knockout or something like that. But I don't think it happens. I think that once Sanchez gets Pereira down, he should run away with the fight from then on. So I'm picking Diego Sanchez to uh, avoid that, that flying knee, avoid that early knockout in round one, hit takedowns, dominate from top position, and possibly even get a submission. And uh, Diego Sanchez submission opened up at plus 1,000, which is a tweet I sent out earlier today. That's massive, massive value on that on that line. Let's see if people have, have come in and bet it yet. But um, no, it's it's a uh, it's actually 1,200 now. So yeah, I mean that there's so much value on that line. I think that submission is very possible, and uh, I actually will go with Diego Sanchez by rear naked choke in round two. The last fight of the card and the main event of the evening in the light heavyweight division, we have. Corey Anderson, who is 13 and 4, taking on Jan Blahovich, who is 25 and 8. The opening betting line for this one was Anderson, the favorite, at minus 145, Blahovich plus 105. Right now, we are seeing Anderson minus 210, Blahovich plus 175. So, a lot more action coming in on Corey Anderson. And I agree with the action. I mean, he won the first fight pretty comfortably. This is a rematch. They fought back at UFC 191 back in 2016. Uh, had a close first round between the two. Uh, the boxing exchanges were going pretty evenly. Blahovich landed a really hard body kick from the southpaw stance. And uh, Anderson made great adjustments, though. Realized the striking was pretty even. Might Maybe even losing the striking. Started hitting takedowns and dominating from top position. He took down uh, Blahovich in round two and three and kept him on his back for the entirety of those rounds. So, uh, in the rematch, I mean... I think that Blahovich has made more f improvements since then. I mean, I think he rounded out his entire game a lot more and has, uh, I wouldn't say become the better MMA fighter at this point, but I definitely think he's made more improvements since their first fight. And the fight really depends on if Anderson wrestles or not because on the feet, the, the striking should be really even with even a slight advantage to Blahovich. I think he has the more power. He has the the better kicking game of the two. And, uh, I mean, Anderson's boxing is getting better too, though. And it's no joke. I mean, he rocked uh, Walker with that overhand right and eventually put him out with uh, a bunch of TKO flurries at the end of that first round. So it was a great performance from Anderson in that one. Blahovich getting that first round knockout or second round knockout over, Blaho um, over Rockhold not that long ago. And he picked up a, a split decision win over Jacare Sosa in his last fight. A really boring fight was just total snooze fest against the cage. Clinch battle. I mean, I couldn't even tell you really what happened because it got so boring so quickly that I pretty much stopped watching the fight. I did. I certainly did not rewatch the fight. And highly regarded as one of the worst fights of 2019. And honestly, a quick non-matchup related note, but the UFC putting Blahovich in another main event after literally putting every single MMA fan in the world to sleep with his last fight just really sums up the UFC's uh, decision making, especially in terms of putting uh, main events in the light heavyweight division. So... Anderson, uh, if he if he wrestles in this one, he should get Blahovich down. He should dominate from top position again. I mean, these these guys at 205 just don't really have the get ups and the scrambling abilities they need to to uh, get up from takedowns. Like Blahovich attacked an armbar in the first fight and managed to get back up to his feet. But besides that, I mean, it's really hard to get Corey Anderson off of you. He's going to be 225 pounds, great Division One wrestler on top of you and. You just have to somehow find your way up. It's going to be a really hard task for Blahovich to do. But, I mean, if Blahovich can 
his takedown defense has been looking a lot better. If he can stuff takedowns, if he can keep this fight on the feet, he could possibly win this fight. And I haven't seen too many people out there pretty confident in Blahovich. Uh, I see most people just thinking that it's going to be a rematch of the first fight and or a repeat of the first fight, excuse me, and Anderson will hit takedowns at will. But I'm, I'm really interested to see how uh, the striking matches up between the two. I mean, I would prefer to see them strike because... Yeah, you know, the, the winner of this fight could fight John Jones next if the Dom Reyes rematch doesn't happen. And, uh, I mean, if Corey Anderson wants to beat John Jones, he needs to outbox him and he needs to work on his boxing. And I don't think he'll be able to take down and out grapple Jones on the ground. So if I were Anderson, I mean, I would be using this fight as like a kind of a practice fight for Jones, looking to get my boxing on point, making sure my striking looks good uh, for that eventual title shot. But I, I doubt that'll happen. I'm sure uh, Anderson will mix up the boxing and the takedowns. And maybe Blahovich wins a round. Uh, maybe it, it goes completely different and, and we see a knockout from one of the two but i'm picking this one to go to the to the scorecards i don't think it'll be an exciting fight i mean blahovich's fights uh very rarely are unfortunately and anderson can uh, tend to have some boring fights too so i think this fight goes to the, the full 25 minutes i think anderson probably wins four out of five rounds and the official pick is going to be anderson 49 46 decision so we flew through all these fights, only 43 minutes, a uh, very uh, quick card. I mean, yeah, I didn't have the most in-depth analysis for some of these fights. Some of them I, I uh, was comfortable just, just passing in the betting window and uh, giving you guys that advice as well, like like the Tim Means fight. I mean, the short-notice replacements. I mean, there's only so much analysis you can do. Uh, the Shaney Young fight, the Rodriguez fight, uh, you know, all those, those short-notice fights. You don't want to be diving too much into them when there's not that much to talk about so um the bets for me in this card are going to be a two units scott holtzman minus 135 um two units bontram plus 110 and uh we got that Pereira round one sanchez uh money line bet and i will update all my the rest of my bets on the betmma.tips page and you can catch me over there. So uh, you can catch me on Twitter at UFO underscore UFC. And uh, that's where I post everything, all my discussions and everything, and the links for the, the podcast. want to thank everybody for tuning into the podcast this week. And I will see you all next week before the next UFC card. Peace.